Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat Central, where we also can't believe that Kim and Kanye are set to divorce. I know, I was shocked too. I was shocked too, but enough about that. Back to the wrestling, as the Ryans would say. Don't forget to check out the feature show. We had a really, really good one earlier this week, where we said, what's up? And Kwaku rapped and sang what's up to our truth go and check that one out go check out the youtube channel hundreds of content over there other shows include saturday draft live with those bozos over there east meets west with that lunatic grad mcrobbie who is a lunatic a lunatic all right i just want you to clarify that all right first and foremost here on this show and go and check us out on social media we like to hear from you all right, we like to hear what your opinion is. It's all right us saying and speaking into the void, but tell us what you think. Get to us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We'd love to hear from each and every single one of you. Now, I'm not going to bury the lead here. She's back. She's back with a bang and she's coming for you. Um, it's been a wee minute, but the Bath Bomb Princess has finally returned to the ESSR Airwaves. Sarah, how are you doing? I am doing very, very well today. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. We're, I'm happy to have you back. What's yeah. what? How was your holiday season? How was it? All good. I mean, I was stuck doing uni work, <laughs> so yeah. it was stressful. But the the work for psychology has definitely paid off. I've passed psychology, and yeah. hopefully, my film and media and sociology stuff back soon. Yeah, I think that you know, work in psychology is required for dealing with the amount of lunatics on this podcast, particularly Grant McRobbie, as I've said. Um, but <laughs> then we go on to the man who, you know, Stephen Wilson put out a nice tweet. In these hard times, he's trying to make people smile. And he did that with his intro um, on the R-Truth show, which is why I didn't even try and compete here. I, I, I was just like, I'm just going to do nice, plain intros, because we've had all the crazy we need this week. Quacker, how are you doing? I'm not bad, I'm not bad. How are you doing? <laughs> Man, I'm alright, thank you very much for asking. I'm oh, looking on. forward I, to it. I think you've got some sick rhymes underneath your <laughs> cravat. <laughs> My name is The Goat, and I'm the man. I can't wait to beat Grant. Okay, moving on. 
<laughs> so the first piece of news uh, we're going to talk about today is my favourite topic and yours. It is Japanese wrestling. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling recently had uh, a, a huge weekend, I've been, I've been led to believe. Um, they had uh, Wrestle Kingdom and New Year's Dash. Before I butcher anything, before I get banned uh, from talking in this podcast ever again by Stephen Wilson, I'm going to hand you over to Sarah Grieve, who legitimately knows what she's talking about when it comes to this. So Sarah, over to you, what happened in New Japan over this weekend? I mean, it's the start of the year where like, New Japan have been putting on the like the big shows and everything but they only have the one big granddaddy of the year um, which last year they split into two nights and they continued it this year um, with Wrestle Kingdom 15 so there was a whole bunch of stuff that was going on I mean you had a tag team title tournament that came from the winners of Tag League um, in the Gorillas of Destiny I like them. Uh, do you know who the girls of Destiny are? Yeah. Tamatonga. Yeah, I like. I yeah, Tamatonga like and Tagaloa. <laughs> yeah, and they were taking on like dangerous techers uh, in the right. team of Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. with Doki at ringside. Um, so like that was that was a good match as well for the tag team titles, which obviously I I won't diverge too much into it just because um, East meets West will go further into it. Um, whether or not they invite me to actually talk about it, it's another story. So, yeah, that that ended up with the Grails of Destiny. Um, once again, IWGP uh, Tag Team Champions. But the see, they, they may put you on the pre-show like the stardom match. <laughs> I mean, with all fairness, with all fairness, stardom are the only women's promotion in Japan um, and they do have like they're the sister promotion yeah. of New Japan uh, so I was, I was just being f- <laughs> I, I can't pronounce the term but I was just saying David you'll tell me what it is <laughs> <laughs> it was a great attempt crack your ass I rap um, badly not say big words <laughs> uh, but yeah no the actual show kicked off itself at 7 o'clock in the morning for us which is not the worst time to sit and watch the wrestling show. I mean, I asked Daniel, would you prefer to wake up at seven to watch a show or stay up till five o'clock in the morning? And we both agreed getting up at seven is probably a better thing to do because then at least you can go back to bed if you wanted or you're up for the day. Yeah. Um, but last year, Kazuchi Okada went and um, put forward a sort of tournament of some sort uh, with various stipulations called the King of Pro Wrestling. So the provisional champion that finished off 2020 uh, was Toro Yano, who's one of my favourites because he's really, really funny. <laughs> um, they had a 21-man Royal Rumble match. It's called the New Japan Rambo Ooh. match, um, which they, it would determine who was going to challenge for the provisional trophy because you don't actually become champion until the very end of the year. So you're just the provisional King of Pro Wrestling up until that very final match. So. It was a 21-man sort of Royal Rumble-style match, but you can lose by pinfall, submission, uh, disqualification, count-out, or getting thrown over the top rope. So, and then the last four men were going to advance to a fatal four-way match that were going to be happening on night two. Um, so, like, some of the names that you had part of um, that was, like, you had, like, Bad Luck Fally, you had Chase Owens from Bullet Club starting off, uh, you had uh, the Young Lions, who um, we had Suji, Gabe Kidd, and unfortunately I can't remember the last the last Young Lion, um, that had been 
mainly working at all the Japan shows throughout lockdown, which I think they fully deserve that spot. Um, nice. Just to sort of come in. Um, but basically, it ended up with um, three of the men that were in the match actually competed and one man managed to win the match in advance without even entering the ring. Um, which was Chase Owens who came in at number one, Balak Fale, Bushy of LIJ and then Toro Yano. So last year's King of Pro Wrestling entered at number 21 and he never got a chance to get into the ring before there were four <laughs> of them left. So, I mean, who, who can imagine that Toro Yano is going to win a match without even entering? That's It's a record. It's very good, it's very good. I, I think that's that's effectiveness right there. You know, he's not expended energy, he doesn't need to use it, it's brilliant. Oh, exactly. And if you ever watch a Toro Yano match, like, gear him for a treat every single time, yeah, it's so unpredictable. <laughs> nice. Um, but the actual match that opened up the show, which is one of my personal favourites, is the junior heavyweights. So we had uh, Hiromu Takahashi, who is the all-time favourite of mine. He's, a fl- he's very flamboyant, he's very crazy, likes to wear a lot of colours. He's got, like, two cats called Daryl and Carol. Um, which he's actually got a super size of Daryl now, and I'm I'm really wanting it. It's like seven hundred quid to get it from Japan, and I'm wanting it. <laughs> um, but he was taking on the Super J Cup winner in El Fantasmo of Bullet Club. So this was determined um, who was going to face the junior heavyweight champion in uh, Ishimori of Bullet Club, who is El Fantasmo's tag team partner, um, because Hiromu wanted to determine that he was the best Super Junior out there. He was the current uh, best of Super Juniors from this year. And he was also the one to pin Jushin Thunder Liger last year in the Dome uh, in his retirement match. So this is a a really, really big night. Really good back and forward singles thing. It was crazy, as you can expect the Junior Heavyweight Championship match to be. Um, But Hiromu did manage to get the win uh, and he would be going on tonight to to face Ishimori. it was for, for only being like a 17 minute match still you could sit and watch it forever there yeah. was flips there was craziness there was shenanigans as well like not <laughs> general bullet club shenanigans but definitely shenanigans and <laughs> um, more elf and Tasmo. but he actually debuted his uh, new music as well in elf and because he had been recently coming out to no music being very heel like uh, as he usually was, but it was friend of the show, uh, David Grimerson, who has made his new music as well. Um, so it was a big shout out. It was really, really good music to hear. Really, really fit the character as well. So that was a good, good one. Uh, the next one, so we had Kenta, who was going to be facing... Kenta! Kenta, with all the capitals. Um, he was essentially, it was like the... It was like the G1, but for the United States Championship match opportunity, um, right. just because at the moment there were some people stuck in America, the LA Dojo, there were some people still stuck in Japan. Yeah. Uh, Kenta at this point was actually in America when this took place, um, as well as New Japan Strong, which is on NJWP World. Um, just You could actually go and view it, it's just our American one, I think it's every Tuesday, and it's the people from the LA Dojo. Uh, primarily, as well as like they had their Super J Cup not too long ago as well, um, which featured people from Impact uh, in Chris Bay, and you had Leo Rapp, which I was hoping Chris Bay was going to make it to the final. He did not. I was very sad. 
David and sitting there wondering when is Santana coming out with the guitar to play a riff. <laughs> and I, I, and I, I just want to eat some ciabatta. Yes, so Kenta with all the capitals. Uh, he is currently the holder of the number one contendership to the US Championship, which is held by John Moxley. Uh, at the moment, but obviously he's not been allowed to get into the country to defend it. And unlike last time when there was a tornado and he couldn't get into Japan, they haven't taken the title off him this time. So Kenta has been continuously having to defend his number one contendership right, which he's not happy about. And he's <laughs> on to his second briefcase because Hiroshi Takahashi broke the first one. Oh. Well, no, Kenta hit him over the head with it, so... Huh. It was really, it was really Kenta's fault. Um, but he well, was taking on. Um... Shouldn't be where he was in the briefcase. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like that. You don't age... say that about the ace. It's that it ace sounds like oh, it sounds like Kenta's the victim here. Aye. Although, if someone's the ace of New Japan as the ace of USSR, I feel we should have the kinship. So maybe I do feel <laughs> sorry for them. It's, it's like that prank you would do where you put a bucket of water on somebody's door so that they open it and a bucket falls on them. And then, <laughs> you shouldn't have been there. Yeah, no, no, it's more the thing of why did you put a bucket on the top of my door? It's like, why is your door underneath my bucket? <laughs> Point. So Kenta, Kenta won. <laughs> yeah, well, Kenta was defending his number one contendership right, um, about as what as we call the New Japan Granddad um, against Kojima, and he had Tenzan at his um, side at ringside. We call him the New Japan Granddad, so sort of a little bit older and a little bit more full of respect. Um, but Kenta managed to hold on to his number one contendership right. But we did have a promo from John Moxley. Um, just before this match happened, which was quite surprising, calling himself the Boogeyman. So hopefully we will get the Kenta John Moxley match that we've all been hoping for. Nice. And nice. then the next the next time that we had a match, it was after Will Ospreay had split from Chaos and created his own empire, as he likes to call it, uh, with the great Okan as well as Jeff Cobb and his self with B Priestley. Um, they had been sort of bullying the ace of New Japan in Hiroshi Tanahashi. So, and this took place as well all over Tag League. It was building up. So, Tanahashi had his match against the Great Okan, which Hiroshi Tanahashi being the ace, he did manage to defeat him. So, that was like the first loss for the, this new uh, faction that had been made. And then the next one was the match between Okada and Will Ospreay with the Priestley up ringside. Uh, this had obviously been culminating since, um, since well before Tag League and everything. I think since like the G1. Yeah. It, had, it, it happened at the G1. Um, in which Okada managed to... He, he beat Will Ospreay by using the Rainmaker. I think he might have forgotten how to use the Rainmaker yeah. in the meantime because he had always been doing his finisher with the money clip. So that was like the second loss, which you can see was not, it's not a great night for the Empire, really. No, not a good, not a good night to be the Empire at this not, point, you have to nope. say. Not a good one. And then the next match that he had was the main event. So this was like the first half of the second double gold, as we would call it. Um, cause, because Kota Bushi was always a back-to-back G1 winner, he did have the right to challenge Tetsuya Naito for the double championship. Um, but JY obviously had technically beaten Kota Bushi in the tournament and therefore had the right to challenge for that title uh, or for that briefcase opportunity. So 
that is why you had two main events. Um, but you had Kota Bushi was the one to actually beat Tetsuya Naito for the Intercontinental and the Heavyweight Championship, which it was a half hour match and it was a solid, solid match. Um, like very, very scary to watch as well. As we all know, Kota Bushi likes to land on his neck. Yeah. So. And I've seen some of the steel. videos on, on Twitter. Uh, there's one where he takes a dive outside the ring and he must have a neck that's made of rubber, you know, at this point to be able to survive some of the, the, the dives he's making, man. It's insane. Yeah, no, he does like to fall on his neck and fall on his head, but this man likes to believe that there's 25 hours in a day and that he doesn't, he doesn't read because he doesn't trust books. Like, okay. it, see the inner workings of Kota Ibushi? Grant can tell you. I could tell you there's even loads and loads of Reddit blogs and everything and posts about Kota Ibushi that you'd be like, how is he even human? But this is this is sort of playing into him believing that he is God. So, I mean, I'll trust you on that. You know my opinions on Grant, but I'll trust you on that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because like I said, you Kota Ibushi's credentials uh, the other day, David. You and did. you can see you that, did. like... Apart from the US Championship and the never open weight tag belts, Kota Bushi's pretty much won every single thing in New Japan. Yeah. So, and this Good is it, exactly, he had never actually won the big title. This is the second reign as Intercontinental Champion. So, nice. And at the moment, that was him moving on uh, yeah. to night two. Um, so night two, we did have like a couple of stardom matches which were on the pre-show. Um, I didn't watch the pre-show at this point because um, I, I was still asleep. So, <laughs> so the main uh, even, show. <laughs> even though the show started an hour later, I fell asleep because we had been up to like midnight playing games and I was yeah. knackered. So, <laughs> um, so night two began with the Fatal 4-Ray match uh, from, that had happened the night before for the Provisional King of Pro Wrestling 2021 trophy. Uh, and Toroyano managed to hold on to hold on to his trophy just now. So at the moment, he is the professional king of pro wrestling. Um, we'll need to see where that takes him, and who challenges and who tries to compete over the next year. Because with the king of pro wrestling, each competitor gets to pick a stipulation, and then that kind of gets voted on by uh, the fans of New Japan. Nice. So it could be anything. Like we've had. Um, I think there was like no pinfalls or it was like first first to take off the last corner pad, which is a Toroyano favourite. <laughs> because he, he could take off a corner pad in less than a couple of seconds. Like it, it does not take him long to take a corner pad off. So that is a good one because again, Yano's my favourite and he managed to pin Chase Owens, which is always a good thing because I can't stand nice. Owens. Oh, Owens. What, what <laughs> a horrible human being. <laughs> you know, it's disgusting oh, yeah. looking there further. <laughs> I can't stand them. Uh, the next match we had, um, it was Suzuki Gun with Kanemaru uh, and El Desperado defending um, their IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. Uh, it was against Taguchi and Master Wato uh, oh. with Tenzan at ringside, and obviously Master Wato has been a it's been a good match uh, since making his debut and just... David's like, thank God I didn't need to pronounce that name. <laughs> <laughs> well, Master, Master Watto. Watto. Oh, Master Watto, yeah. It's Master da Watto. It's David, please stop. Sorry. You really want that visa. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but again, good solid match. It was a very, very good one for Master Watto to be in because um, he's... 
he only came at the G1, so it's it's quite a, it was the G1 or the New Japan Cup. It was one of the two. Um, so again, really really solid match with a junior and uh, with with an elder in a way, sort of giving that more experience. So he'll be Master Wato will be one to watch in the upcoming oh, year for sure. Mm-hmm. One to pronounce as well, you know. <laughs> an easy one to pronounce. <laughs> Um, so the next one was was the final match uh, with Empire that was t- that was taking place on night two. Um, former never open weight champion Jeff Cobb had actually challenged and got uh, Takaki of Lij. Um, which the fun thing is that usually up until a few about about a year ago, the never open weight championship you can never defend it successfully. It always changed hands. Yeah. Um, until it came with Shingo and uh, it was actually um, Suzuki that managed to successfully defend it. So, but Shingo managed to hold on. The Dragon of Lij held on to the championship. So over the two days, Empire did not have a good time oh, at Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, oh, three. Three. Yep, oh, especially geez, oh. for especially for a new faction. It's it's not a good sign. So these guys are the retribution of New Japan. <laughs> I mean, they might be. They might be. I mean, it's still very, very early days. Um, having Master, not Master Watto, um, the Great Okan there was, it made sense because he did his excursion in Rev Pro. Yeah. Uh, with Jeff Cobb, I'm still not too sure why he's even there, but he's the muscle man. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure why he's there. <laughs> not sure. I'm, not, I'm actually not sure why he's part of Empire. Like, it doesn't fully really make sense to me. So, like, that was even my thing. I was like, why? Why are you doing this? Um, because he had a very... Well, he did have a great G1, but he was still very, very popular amongst the fans. So, to turn quite suddenly was quite upsetting for me. And then we move on to, like, the third to last match we had was coming all the way from the New Japan Cup um, from where it all kicked off and it's uh, your favourite, David Sanada versus Evil with all the capitals (laughs) 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 How long did you have that lined up for? Oh, for the whole show. <laughs> I told you it was waiting for that guitar riff. I told you. I told you it was waiting. <laughs> so, yes. So, yes, who did he beat? So, Sonata defeated uh, Evil with all the capital letters. Um, Evil! Evil! All the capital letters, but yes, your boy Sonata did beat him. Yes. Um, and he looked really good in that match. Uh, it it does come back all the way from the Super J Cup when we all knew that Evil was turning a little bit more evil. Um, but the <laughs> storytelling throughout that match. <laughs> oh, <Potter> evil. <laughs> he <laughs> went all the evil. <laughs> Not the Diet Coke of Evil. <laughs> Not the Diet Coke of Evil. He was the Diet Coke of Evil. Now he is evil. Yes, he like went from Stu- Stu- Griffin Evil to, you know, Bond Villain Evil. At this point. Yes. <laughs> um, but it, it was a really good match. Both of them looked really good. Sonada, like, you you can really push this guy much further to the sky uh, unless you actually put, like, the heavy belt on him. Uh, <laughs> but the storytelling of them, obviously, being the tag the tag team from LIJ before Evil left to go to Bullet Club. Yeah. So that, it was really, really good. And then 
like the second to last match, or as they call it, the semi-final, um, where you had the um, junior heavyweight belt, Hiromu Takahashi and Taishi Ishimori, which you can't go wrong with this kind of match, especially if you do love junior heavyweight matches like I do. Nice. Um, very, very flippy, very, very, lots of lots of punches and everything, because these guys have been fighting on and off for that heavyweight belt um, since Hiromu won it at the last Wrestle Kingdom against Will Ospreay because um, it has its literally jump between these two men over the course of last year so but my boy Hiromu came through and beat Ishimori to regain his junior heavyweight championship belt which I'm very happy about nice. Nice. and then the final match the actual final match of the night Kota Ibushi taking on Jay White uh, accompanied by Gado now you have to know that this match, longest match in Dome history, right? It's, there's right. a match that's it's never gone longer um, <sighs> until obviously uh, the other night of 48 minutes and five seconds. It was getting on and it was a very, very scary match to watch, especially knowing that it was getting close to the end. Um, and there was times that you, you couldn't quite believe it again. Ibushi falling on his neck or Jay doing something stupid and you're like, oh my god. Um, I don't know if any, either of you two have actually had a chance to watch the match. Um, but it was... it was 50 times, I've already seen that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just because you love Kota Ibushi? No, oh, I just love Japanese wrestling as a whole. You know what I mean? <laughs> At least all these people that I've managed to say, it's not been hard to like announce the names, but... That's Kota, true, that's true. Kota Bushi stayed as God, um, he managed to beat Jay White and at the very very end of the night just before Ibushi did say um, his his goodbyes um, like for that night thanking the crowd, uh, you had Sonada come out to ringside and I could see your expression uh, David Ooh. but yeah Sonada came out and said that like we have battled before and I highly respect you and um, which is why I want to come out and formally challenge you at some point i want to fight you again this coming year yes and um, so somewhere down the line we will get a kota bushi uh, sanada match hopefully for the double titles at some point i think rob thomas will have a part to play in that one you know <laughs> he'll be he'll be somewhere around the ringside there oh yeah <laughs> um and then with new year's dash it was it was quite simple it's not like um the, the fun stuff that we've had in the past like Kenny kicking AJ out of the Bullet Club like this is why people expect yeah. a lot of things to happen um, but like the main the main thing which it'll probably be talked about again on East Meets West or you'll probably have it as a, a thing on the conspiracy theory like, I've, like I mentioned to you uh, earlier on today David that yeah. um, usually contracts in New Japan run from January to January mm-hmm. um, and Jay White did point out he's like I am contractually obligated to wrestle at New Year's Dash, which is their sort of night after Mania, as we would call it. But it's like their, yeah. it's the new the New Year um, show. And Jay White did wrestle, but then he did say that he's going home. Doesn't know when he'll be back. If he'll be back, um, so we don't know if that's part of Jay's character because he's you know that that's just Jay for you. He might just be yeah. a dick like that. He might go back to New Zealand. Who knows? Um, but we know that WWE have had a severe interest in him for mm-hmm. quite a long time, so there is a possibility that he might be an entrant in the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Who knows? 
of the Tokyo Dome as well which he's and he's technically leader of Bullet Club right now as well so at the age of 28 like the boy can only really go up I mean his his Switchblade character is it's amazing it's you know excuse the pun but it's phenomenal yeah Um, well if you're going to have Balor lose the NXT title just speculating he could go back to Raw AJ's on Raw your man comes to Raw there's a there's a stable for you right there you know what I mean yeah well they did try with Bullet Club before um, and they got it all wrong just <laughs> because of like you know the whole rights and everything and yeah. whatnot. so but it'll be interesting to see there was some more challenges made um, like Ishimori and Elfin Tasman were going to be challenging for the junior tag t- uh, championships yes. uh, and a few other things not too sure where uh, Empire's going to be going but at the moment it looks like Japan's going to go into another state of emergency so we don't know if there's going to be like any more matches right. for the time being so we just like even the uh, English commentators and like Kevin Kelly etc they had no idea if it was even going to be happening like even Rocky uh, Romero wasn't on commentary um, because I think he, he was probably he was meant to be wrestling I think on the show but nice. he might have been going back to uh, going back to America um just because he did fly in for the the rumble and to do the commentary but he's primarily focusing on new japan strong right now so i think that's probably where he's went but other than that wrestle kingdom was amazing well thank you sarah for taking the lead with our our japanese portion of the show uh like like you said there if you want to hear more don't forget to check out east meets west they'll be doing a deep dive uh, into everything that's went down they'll have a a lot to say as well but thank you very much for taking the lead there sarah quack i'm going to come to you from probably the best wrestling on the planet to some wet ass pussy uh because we are talking about cardi b Uh, cardi b has been all over (laughs) What a fucking segue! (laughs) Some murder smooth transitions. (laughs) So I don't know if you've seen this on Raw, Quacker, but Uh, you know Tony Wilson. Not the wet ass pussy. (laughs) There's no wet ass pussy on Raw. No, just some wet ass worms. (laughs) Yes, there were wet ass worms because Hall of Famer Tony Wilson. I think she should have her Hall of Fame status revoked because she lied to Angel Garza. She liked him. She said, look, Cardi B's in that room over there. You want to give anyone a rose, you go and give her a rose. It wasn't Cardi B. It was the Boogeyman. But but see, the thing is, though, Boogeyman starts with B, so it could be Cardi Boogeyman. And she just, (laughs) he he just, like, went away and didn't let her finish her sentence. So clearly, she was going to say Cardi Boogeyman, but... And just jumped the gun. Deception, Quacko, that's all it is, deception. But it led to some Twitter interactions that were very interesting. Cardi was <laughs> at first very confused as to why she was getting tweeted about wrestling. Uh, she then named some of her favourite wrestlers. Trish Stratus was on the list, she responded to it. 
to which Cardi was very excited and then Melina responded because she was on the list and then Cardi said oh my god I remember you of those two guys you used to be with <laughs> so <laughs> bad day to be John Morrison and Joey Mercury that's for yeah, sure yeah. but then then we seen her take real, very real issue with Lacey Evans apparently didn't know that Lacey Evans was uh, playing kayfabe mm. but then when she finally seen the clip she said Vince I'm coming for you like your days are numbered she's fuming it's led to rampant speculation that WWE are going to get the, the money out to get uh, Cardi B at Mania. Wally said to the same to her, uh, calling out on Twitter, is Cardi B a celebrity appearance that you would actually be happy to see in WWE Quackoon? Personally, I couldn't give a shit. But, <laughs> <laughs> however, you, you can't deny that she is one of the most popular women and uh, artists out there and just one of the proper A-list people out there that it would draw in so many eyes into the product right now and let's be honest Raw is really in the pits right now it really is in the pits that yeah. it needs something like this not like a Rob Gronkowski that will just annoy the hell out of you like you knew that was going to be annoying and right enough it was annoying but yeah. he went away and did this thing and it, it, he went back to it, it, NHL I always say the NFL but it is the NFL it is the, the NFL, NFL as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, you were getting it right <laughs> there goes my American visa I think, but anyway. you think of Wayne Gretzky they are <laughs> they have too many NLs anyway uh, so yeah um, he, he plays that that bad sport so anyway Cardi B yes I mean she's one of the most popular artists out there right now her YouTube videos and music videos are getting like Billy's uh, views and stuff so it will always help the product absolutely just from a wrestling fan point of view Please make it actually worthwhile, like not, not just like some. I, I like her passion so much. I know she's passionate in the wrong way, but you can't help and deny that she's got a lot of passion. And in wrestling, that's all you need, really. So yeah, I think it in the so. right way and make it happen. But I, I just don't know how with WWE and the way they're going about family orientated. I don't know how you're going to incorporate somebody like Cardi B who. <laughs> As you said, has a song called Wet Ass Pussy without actually saying the phrase. And let's be honest, the music video is as good as porn. <laughs> so, why don't we just get Biffy Clyro in? They can do their cover instead. <laughs> but, Sarah, um, a, a question for you here is I know where I what opinion I have. Do you think she'll come in if they get her just as their sort of special musical act? Or could you see her getting into a program and would you like to see her getting into a program come Mania? I mean, if uh, Snooki can do it, I think anybody can. <laughs> so, I mean, we all remember like that that whole thing with Snooki. Um, but then again, like she was a gymnast, so yeah, I'll let her off. Um, I would say, like, see if for a musical act, probably. I mean, I I did see her um, experience, uh, you no, know, expressing interest in Carmelo mm. as well. So. You never know, she might accompany Carmella to the ring at some point, just especially like see with Carmella's character on SmackDown. It's Oh, that's perfect actually. Yeah. So yeah, looking at that, that would be a good fit. Mm. Um I was I would agree with Quacker saying like from a wrestling fan point of view, I'm like I can't be bothered with it. <laughs> um but you always need that mainstream stuff. 
Like you can yeah. never go wrong, especially when it comes to Mania. It is meant to be your big show. I know that it's probably not going to have fans. It might have fans. You never know, but it's not going to be on the big scale that WrestleMania usually is. Yeah. But as well, the fact that the theme is all about Hollywood, it wouldn't surprise me. Exactly. And this is a thing like us as wrestling fans. If you if you're a wrestling fan listening to this or whatever, you may need to like take a wee step back and say, "Oh, is." I may have my views or whatever have you, but is this aimed at me? And I can honestly say, this isn't aimed at me as a wrestle fan. Maybe it's aimed at me as a hip hop fan or whatever, getting these opportunities. But if you're going in this solely as a wrestle fan, I'm going with the uh, Jim Cornette school of um, ever finished <laughs> wrestling, then take a step back and go, mm, I don't know if this is for me. But have a views, yes, but just don't crap on the product and just think that everyone's going to hate it that's all I think I think that's the point is that you brought it up, she's one of the most popular stars on the planet and it's not like she's got no acting experience as well, if anyone's seen um, Hustlers, uh, the movie with uh, uh, J-Lo really, really good movie Uh, she had a part in that and she was perfectly serviceable so we know she had some acting skills I I think if there's any celebrity come in you know, who could do something I'd I'd take her to be, you know, as one and I think the importance is that she is a wrestling fan you know, she's made that very clear that she used to watch it she has her favourites, she's able to list them she's getting excited when when the likes of Trish are responding to her on Twitter so I think it's about (laughs) that enthusiasm I'll I'll be watching this one you know, and if anyone yeah. doesn't want to be cool about it, you know what happens to people who don't want to be cool? We spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. And that's what we thought was going to happen this Monday on Raw. You know, we thought we were going to get Carlito back. Carlito was advertised for Raw Legends Night, wasn't there. It was then reported there was travel issues. However, then it turns out there were no travel issues whatsoever. WWE just jumped the gun. No one actually reached out to Carlito to come onto the show. Carlito was never booked for Raw Legends Night which is absurd absolutely absurd Sarah what do you think about that and how can a company does this just encapsulate we're going to get into a a deeper review later on in Raw Legends Night what we thought about it but does this not just sum up the current state of WWE what an actual joke (laughs) oh my god I mean yeah if you're going to oh I don't even know how to describe that but it's like, if you advertise so, you would at least hope that, you know, it's confirmed. Because you're just going to look like an idiot. You're the biggest wrestling promotion in the world. Yeah. You're one of the highlights of, like, TV right now, because you're actually producing, like, live things. And you can't do something simple. Like yeah. reaching out to a former champion in Carlito. And like everyone was getting buzzed for it. Like, even I was buzzing for it. And I thought watched WWE in months. <laughs> and then when I see that Carlito wasn't there, I was like, well, that's got it fucked it, hasn't it? <laughs> they fucked it. Safe to say, they fucked it. I think so. I think so. Quacko, do you agree? What, what do you think this is about? Because. We've heard about the state of the booking in WWE, how last minute everything is, how many moving parts are going on. Do you think that, is there a need for a restructure in terms of their creative planning over there? Has something went horribly wrong? Big time, big time. I mean, when you're, like, 
you just have to listen to the back catalogue of Talk is Jericho and yeah I know there's quite a few disgruntled people that leave but the most poignant one was um, when um, Miro was talking about people were chanting Rusev Day, Rusev Day and he was saying that Vince was saying oh no they're just saying that to rip on you and they kept on saying Rusev Day to Shane McMahon and he actually said duly noted and it wasn't noted because they did nothing with it so yeah it's just when you hear things like that you're just a bit like just capital just do some like these people are people are obviously chanting for something and they you you always have a wrestling where when people are chanting you kind of stop and you take it in unless it's like the cm punk chance which is just bad about kind of thing yeah but, well, that's Carlito thing. He got announced. I mean, surely some Carlito or something with this. It's put on. I don't know. Maybe actually, you no, know, you wouldn't because you wouldn't want to burn your bridge if your agent yeah. is negotiating something for you. But, and that's the thing. It looks like Carlito was necessarily against it either. Like yeah. Carlito sort of acknowledged the situation, sort yeah. of shrugging it off. Like he must be sitting in his lounge chair with an apple and a phone in his hand and. An Apple phone, funnily enough. Uh, sorry, that was a bad joke. And just a terrible joke. I know. A terrible joke, linked to a terrible joke that we'll be discussing later on. He probably just took the bit out of his phone and said, "That's not cool." It's probably why there's a bite out the Apple logo because of Carlito. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, uh, Raw Legends uh, is something we will be getting into a bit deeper. Oh, you know, please. as we go as we go further into the show, but I wanted to bring that up there as its own news story. Sarah, back to you. Uh, Impact are bringing back the world, uh, the women's tag team titles over there. Um, it's something they were really a trendsetter in that company um, back in day. You know, remember, you know, the women's tag team title back then. I remember who was it? Who was it that Kong won the titles with? It was was it Aisha Saeed or something like that back in day. <laughs> I couldn't really tell you. Um, cause, like I only started w- really watching Impact properly uh, yes. in the past like year or so, but I had actually seen it like on and off. Um, so the whole thing with the fact like me and Emily Hayden were talking about this in um, one of our like our first and only interview that we have. It's on our back catalogue. Um, okay. <laughs> I know. Because um, we we were talking about how the fact that the the knockouts were very ahead of their time at, um, at TNA because the first like women's tag team championships were introduced in two thousand and nine, yeah. and they went they went on for four years um, before they were obviously like retired and put to bed in twenty thirteen. Um, but it, yeah. it was announced uh, September last year that they were going to be bringing back. The knockouts tag team championships, um, like because the knockouts over at Impact are amazing. The actual division itself is something that I I really love to see because yeah, like despite like maybe a couple of weird storylines like Wrestle House, which I'm not going to get into Wrestle House because I still don't understand Wrestle House, <laughs> um, and the shooting of Johnny Bravo and all this sort of stuff. Like, that was the fun things. It was to the do death with Rose- of Valley was marvelous. Marvelous. I can't get into all of that again. It's still going on. I'm still confused over it all. Um, but yeah, so what what had ha- happened? Uh, so those were deactivated um, in 2013 originally. Um, 
because um, ODB and uh, Young were stripped of the titles, and this is because you know Eric Young was a male holding the Knockouts Tag Team Championship, um, only male to do so. But yeah, it resulted in the fact that they just became deactivated, um, which it was a shame because like you had like the beautiful people um, being like the biggest. Uh, knockouts tag team champions that you could like when you think of knockouts uh the tna knockouts you think the beautiful people like all the time yeah. like that's that's where i would go to um so when madison rain had announced that they were going to be returning like madison rain is a former knockouts tag team champion it yeah. was it's really fun to see because they only did have the one championship which diana perrazzo has been dominating that knockout division since she actually appeared uh, just before Slammiversary and then took the title from Jordan Grace. Um, so what they did is they decided to just hold a championship tournament, um, which obviously we all love. We all love a tournament. <laughs> I love a tournament. <laughs> uh, we, all, we all love a tournament. Um, and the, the fact that the titles were going to be revived at Hard to Kill. So what it was, like, I can't even remember the full-on, um, like the actual brackets and everything. I knew that like Diana Perazzo and Kimber Lieber team, and yeah. got eliminated first round uh, yeah. against my favourite team of Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary. Of course, too. Well, see, Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary are a strange team, um, especially to come out of WrestleHouse. Very strange, but I do love them together, um, especially you know. Rosemary's unpredictable side to her. Yeah. Um, but you had like the team, uh, you had Havoc and Nevea, Jessica Havoc, uh, known yeah. to others. Uh, you had Jordan Grace had actually um, recruited uh, Jazz to be her tag team partner, yes. knowing that Jazz was going to be retiring, which that that was really fun to see all these different matches. Um, you also had um, formerly known as Emma, Tennille Dashford and uh, Alicia Edwards were teaming together, yeah. um, but were I think they were knocked out in the first round by Jordan uh, Grace. That was a half in the bear. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you had uh, the Sea Stars team as well, which I was not familiar with. Sea Stars, um, no. still not. But the <laughs> other like the, the team to sort of stand out for me was Kiara Hogan and Tasha Steeles. Like I love them two together. Uh, like, yeah. they're both young they're both very very similar in personalities um, so it, it finally happened uh, on last night's impact that Havoc and Nevea uh, another proper tag team were going to be facing Kiara Hogan and Tasha Steeles mm -hmm. um, and this will be at the Hard to Kill pay-per-view at the end of the month so I'm really looking forward to it um, but one other thing to come out from it was the, this Saturday night at Genesis, it's like an impact special. Um, mm -hmm. You're going to have Jazz taking on Jordan Grace. Yes. Just, just in a one to one match, um, which the I'm very excited for. Excellent. Yep. And, you know, I promised you in the chat, Sarah, that I wouldn't take this as an opportunity to have a shot at the <laughs> AEW Women's Division. But sometimes I just can't help myself. And I, I do. I do it's think almost like a sort of comment. Yeah, I do think if you're going to have a women's tag team tournament, they should have a prize that they're actually getting at the end of it, and you can establish a women's tag team division. That, to me, sounds like a very sensible thing that Impact Wrestling have done. I don't know if anyone else has any thoughts on that. Maybe AEW should have done the same thing. 
you know? Well, fuck Yeah, no, I completely agree. Single women's division <laughs> before they can get oh, 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 no, Diamante and, um... Who else was it? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, our name escaped me for a second, but Diamante and Ibelisse got, what, medals? Yeah. They got a couple of medals. Medals, like they've just won the 100 metre sprint in their primary school. Like, <laughs> honest to goodness. Like, Quacko, you're right, and I think this is, I've said it before, I'll say it again, Impact Wrestling for being the smallest of the um, big American promotions behind AEW, behind WWE, they have an, a disproportionately strong women's division. They shouldn't have been able to accumulate the talent that they've got in that division like they do now. Like, it's insane. It's unbelievable. And the fact that AEW haven't been able to replicate that success, they haven't been able to give the women the equal airtime, make them stars, give them that opportunity. WWE having to be able to do it with their tag team division. You know, the tag team titles just become a prop for singles feuds uh, at the best of times there. And in the worst of times, they're on a proper tag team. You don't see them on TV. A la Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, the Australian duo, otherwise known as the Iconics. You know? Iconic. I'm not going to get into that before my heart rate goes too high. But I commend uh, the work that Impact Wrestling has done. I think in terms of, if you look at, we have looked at the history of that company in our back catalogue, go and check that out. You look at the history of that company, they're not one to do history making, they're not one to make progress for the sake of progress, they make it and they make it happen and it matters. You know, and that's why their women's division has such a storied history. Um, and very excited about this tournament. Uh, Sarah, who do you think is going to win the titles in the end up? See, oh, this is a hard one. I would like to see uh, Tasha Steeles and Kara Hogan win it. I would really like to see it. I think like, they're really funny and can be quite adventurous with it, especially with how charismatic they two are. Nothing against Havoc and Nevea. I love them. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to like being charismatic and what they can do, probably Tasha Steeles and Kara Hogan. Nice. Nice. I'll go Havoc and Avea. Okay. We'll see what happens at <laughs> the end of the month. <laughs> if you look at the first tournament, it was actually it was Sarita and Taylor Wilder, mm-hmm. babyface team who took the titles, and then it was Kong and Raisa Shaid who took them off them, like basically straight after that. You know, mm-hmm. so could be a similar situation here. Um, but we'll see see how it goes. And it was the beautiful people that they beat in that original final, Madison Rain mm-hmm. and Delbert Sky. You know, so yeah. All goes to show you. All goes to show you. you know? <laughs> Build a women's division right and they will come. Uh, but we are going to get into the week that was in wrestling and quack. I'm going to come to uh, you to start off with this one. Um, the passing um, of John Huber, uh, both known as Brody Liam Carper, uh, to many fans around the world was a heartbreaking one. Not only because you know he leaves behind uh, a loving family, not only because of uh, the stories that we've heard about how great a guy this guy was backstage and to his colleagues and to his peers how supportive he was but also because he leaves us with this sense of un- untapped potential you know we'd yeah. seen what he was doing as the Mr. Brody Lee character and the sky was the limit he'd always said it for this guy the talent was there I loved Luke Harper and WWE I remember going to the the Hydro I've seen a house show and it was uh, the Wyatt family were in the main event against Ambrose and Jericho and Harper, man, did you see him in person? It was great. The movement. You don't realise how agile he is, I think, until you see him in person. 
mm-hmm. and it, it's something I'll miss not getting the opportunity to see that again but AW Dynamite did their, their tribute to uh, John Huber this week started off with a 10 bell salute very appropriate and Kwaku the first really big moment of the night uh, came um, in the match between uh, the inner circles so it was MGF uh, Santana I wouldn't play the music now because it's a more serious moment and Ortiz uh, they were taking on Hangman Adam Page John Silver and Alex Reynolds and you know a save was needed at one point and who should come out but he was meant to be called Eric Redbeard. Apparently, Chris Jericho didn't get the memo and just started shouting, Eric Rowan! <laughs> Redbeard! Sorry for beside him trying to connect it over and over again. Um, but that was a really good, you know, emotional first moment of the night to see yeah. his old tag team partner coming out there. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And what, what I liked throughout it was the inner circle were still kind of respectfully being the inner circle. And the yeah. fact that they were building up their heel personas for that moment as well, especially playing with um, the, uh, minus, minus one Brody Lee Jr. and stuff, yeah. and just making sure that that moment got the right selling that it needed and the right emotion as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole show was just done brilliantly. An absolutely great show from top to bottom great emotions as well to really convey it, even with Eddie Kingston, what he was saying, and it was really upon you what you were saying that I, need, that I need to respectfully move on but then he went back into his heel persona, but when yeah. you see like being the elite, with the way he was talking, and hold that held that kind of town hall meeting yeah. powerful, powerful stuff there Absolutely he's, a, he's a great orator, uh, is yeah. Eddie oh. Kingston the man, he, can... he, he must be some underground pastor or something because oh <laughs> that man he can talk he can for really sure. talk for sure and say that um, the ending to the show was is just as emotional as the beginning of it wasn't it well, I, I cried throughout the entire show I mean it's not surprising because everyone knows that I just cried things um, but yeah no the actual like the celebration of his life um handing over that TNT championship and I was like ah no I can't do this I can't watch this like tears in my eyes and all this sort of stuff it's through the entire night it was just emotional and yeah like the tribute video as well which it was really really nice to see later on that Tony Khan had bought the rights to the music yeah nice good nice touch so I mean it's it's a, it's a it's a guy throwing around his money but for a good cause um mm-hmm. so but like to watch like the actual finish off like bringing out his boots draping the cloth over i was just like that it, it just it it hits you it really really hits you as a wrestling fan yeah um, and to like see everyone that was being like out there trying to hold back the tears and like you you just see Brody lee's son uh in the ring and i'm just like oh my god he's a child oh no yeah uh, and you're just oh, it, as an adult, you're just like, how? As, if I'd been under that mask, I'd be greeting, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> like ugly crying. I think that that's the thing we've seen. Um, I don't want to give this too much, you know, steam because it's something that really annoys me. But we've seen what, in the wake of John Huber's passing, people on social media try to use it for point scoring, going over. Oh, you should have done this as a tribute. You know that was that wasn't yeah. respectful. You shouldn't have done this. I just want to say to people with with no anger because I don't want to respond to hate with more anger. That 
take this as a time for togetherness. Look at the stories. That first night, you know, when, when Huber passed, wrestlers from, didn't matter what company they were from, whether it was mm-hmm. WWE, AEW, the independent scene, all coming together and, and sharing stories of a man um, who was their friend, you know? Mm-hmm. And don't mistake someone not getting a push for someone not being loved or liked or, or having mm-hmm. friends in a certain promotion. And uh, to just sum up, I think AEW's tribute to the man was incredible. and Mm -hmm. I don't think there was a better way that they could have done it Uh, rest in peace to Mr Brody Lee Um, he'll live for us all, we can go and revisit his matches anytime you know, Um, and I hope you know that when the story sets on the career finally of that man that we can view him as one of the best talents of that generation you know um, I know I'll be going back and watching some Wyatt versus Shield matches in the not too distant future so you know great tribute from AEW and rest in peace to Mr John Huber um, across the way you know NXT had their, their year end awards that night uh, just running through a couple of these we had uh, event of the year was takeover war games do i agree with that one recency yeah. bias or do we think that's that's always the sort that's become yeah, their royal rumble basically that's hasn't it? yeah that's a given yeah so you, can't, you can't beat war games yeah war games love it it's so good a <laughs> uh, rivalry of the year kwaku come to you for this one what's your reaction to adam cole versus pat mcafee's rivalry of the year how has your opinion of pat mcafee changed as this run has went on 2020 has been such a fucked up year, so fucked up indeed, <laughs> that I <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. You better shut this podcast down, because I'm going to be saying things I'm going to regret. I love Pat McAfee. <laughs> I, mean, I love Pat McAfee. I, I, used, I used to host a bleeding takeover preview show just to give people the opportunity to listen to something different apart from Pat McAfee. That's how much I hated that man. I could not stand him. He was annoying. I was just remember like, that. what? Who, Your who, who, team who, over there. I, know, I was, like, who, I was on that panel. I was like, who gives this man a microphone? Who gives this man airtime? Who gives this... Like, why? Why? Yeah. Why? And then now I'm just like, I can't get enough of this man. Yeah. The promos, he's amazing. The the what he brings to the wrestling ring is amazing. But more for me, like I I love the whole promos, the way he builds things. It's just the little attention to detail that man has. <laughs> like when Kelly Dane was getting crushed in the car door by Pete Dunne, and he just goes, he just looks at Pete Dunne, and goes. A little aggressive, but we'll talk about that later. Loved it. <laughs> she absolute genius. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Twenty twenty. What a year. Little did what we know, Quacker, that was that was part of a bigger picture. Like little did we know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And that's the thing. He was certainly a breakout star this year, but didn't win breakout star of the year. Sarah, that honor went to her own girl with the tank. It was uh, Shotzi Blackheart. Do you agree with that one? I mean, yeah, I, I would say definitely. Like, it would have been between her and Bronson Reed uh, as being my breakouts. So, Shotzi, she's she's done really well to sort of come into her own this year. I mean, I, 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 I would agree with that. A power through the rest of these here. Tag Team of the Year, Undisputed Era. Uh, not much you can say. Female Competitor of the Year, the genius of the sky, you should I. Male Competitor of the Year, Adam Cole. Uh, match of the Year, Bauer versus O'Reilly. Take over 31. Yeah, fair. 
Yeah, I can't yeah. wait for that rematch coming up. That'll be a really good one at New Year's Evil. Mm-hmm. Future star of the year, Austin Theory. I just want to bring this up because I've heard people in Central say in the past couple of weeks they're not big fans of the way. I bloody love the way. I think I think they're exactly what they say in the tin. They're that dorky sort of nuclear family unit that's very sort of in a weird way just so cookie and twisted and they're meant to be like their kids but they're not their kids and I love it. I'm fascinated by it. Like <laughs> honestly, I really just look forward to seeing what they do every week. I'm jury's still out there for me because I'm not gonna lie, I've not really been bought into the Garganos as heels, I'll be honest. I've loved them as heels. Right. Like utterly <laughs> I didn't like Candice Lede. I said this the last couple of years, I thought she was boring. Like really boring. Like and I was like, I really oh, don't get point, it. Yeah. See when she turned heel, I was like, where has this been? <laughs> like she's great. <laughs> Like she's one yeah. of the best promo ga- the best promo uh, people in NXT. Honest to goodness, I love I will her. give you that. Yes, mm-hmm. however, just but um, you're the thing I'm trying to stay away from is you're comparing it from that this now to as you were saying there was no substance or anything to it. But at the moment, the only time I liked Gargano as a heel was when. KO was hosting the KO show and the whole thing of, oh, don't say his name, he's probably in the back asking for his music to be played and I just <laughs> love that whole thing and then end up William Rico saying player, <laughs> brilliant but yeah, other than that I'm, I'm not really bought into the Gargano's heels, I'll be honest Fair enough, fair enough, well let us know what you think on social media what, what's your opinion on the way the Gargano's is heels are you are you with it are you, are you I mean, for it or I are you like I love Pat McAfee my mind will change by the time this goes out <laughs> anyway so <laughs> um, and then he round us off we had overall competitor of the year Sarah can't argue with you should I absolutely not I like... can it should have been Pat McAfee <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay, but you get Pat McAfee to, you know, jump off war games inside of a bin, and then we'll talk. <laughs> like, I know he started off doing a match with the moonsault and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Io Shirai jumped off a fucking cage inside of a bin. Pat McAfee the next day was hosting his podcast show, which has nothing to do with wrestling, and still selling the war games match by wearing a neck brace. That is dedication, and you can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Quack, you see, if we're going in kayfabe alone, Pat McAfee hasn't won this year. Io Shirai has beaten Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, and Sasha Banks this year. Like, but just the, to name a few. But the neck brace. <laughs> but everything, but the neck brace. <laughs> Forget everything. He had a neck brace. <laughs> the neck brace. Well, we're going from this to maybe one of the best televised like TV shows that WWE's put on this year this was a pay-per-view worthy Smackdown you know this was utterly unreal we had a Kwaku kicking us off a universal title cage match Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens we are a fan of this encounter here yes RJ so just the whole the whole head of the table pack the way they've repackaged Roman has has been absolutely phenomenal and the work that he and Paul Heyman does and what I like about Paul Heyman this time around because it could be easy for him to go down the realms of 
the way he manages Brock Lesnar. But what I like about this way of Paul Heyman, he's a bit more standoffish in the fact that he's focused on looking at Roman to see yeah. what are you going to do about this? What are you going to? What do you think about this? Like leaving it more on on Roman to do this yeah. talking, although he's not talking, instead of Paul doing the talking and stuff. So it's a weird way that Paul can sell it more with his face alone and not do the talking which he's always been used to with Brock Lesnar. It's a completely yeah. different dynamic, but it works. <laughs> I I have to say that I like it because sometimes he almost seems more trepidatious around Roman as well. Yeah. You know, he seems more scared. Like I was watching a segment where he was with Brock and Brock's annoyed at him for uh, like not telling him money in the bank, he had a year to cash in. Like, do you remember that one? Yeah. And he's feel like you're slapping him. I've got a year, and he's like, a year? How did you not know? And it's like <laughs> the thing with Heyman with Brock was they were that close that he never really feared Brock turning on him. Mm-hmm. You know, he knew that they were friends. With Roman, it feels more like this is Heyman's last chance. You know, it could and be he doesn't want to mess up. The fact that. Uh, Heyman spent years telling people how dangerous Brock is and he's seen he's seen it for himself how dangerous Brock can be but yet Roman has beaten Brock a few times mm-hmm. so if this I mean it's kind of like saying oh this gun is dangerous this gun is dangerous and then a bazooka comes in and then all of a sudden yeah. you're managing the bazooka you're going to be a bit yeah. there's always a bigger fish as they yeah. say you know, I mean, uh, a fish is more peaceful than a gun and a bazooka. So <laughs> that one, there's me, the warmonger, going about. <laughs> give a man a fish, leap for the day, give him a gun. Uh, but <laughs> uh, Sarah, um, what do you think then? It looks like Kevin Owens and Jey Uso are going to move on to a feud, you know, independent of the Universal title scene, independent of Roman Reigns a bit. Do you think this is this will produce some good matches between Owens and Jey going forward, won't it? I mean, I would hope so. Like the the past rivalry that he had with Roman, it always made me weird. It always weird if there because it was just Kevin always falling into the same traps each and every yeah. week. Um, and it was kind of kind of stupid in my opinion. Um, because Kevin always is usually smarter than that. He's usually the one doing that sort of stuff. Um, but Jay has been like a very very surprising breakout talent uh, just on his own. Like we always knew he was really really good. Um, so. I can't see anything going wrong um, with Kevin Owens going forward. Um, yeah. It's. I would just hope that they need to make sure that it doesn't continually make everything look stupid at the same yeah. time. Aye, so well, we moved on. The cage match was uh, two weeks ago, and then we had this segment this week where it became clear that Owens uh, would be facing Jay going forward. Mm-hmm. But within Quacker, we had the first week of Big E as Intercontinental Champion. Uh, he was meant to be facing King Corbin. Um, however, that match was cut short. Your usual shenanigans uh, turns into a tag team match. Uh, it becomes Sami Zayn and Baron Corbin versus uh, Big E and Apollo Crews. And it was like E versus Crews uh, will be planned for next week in the aftermath of it. It seems to try and get E over that they have given him the John Cena treatment almost. You know, mm. it looks like they're going to have him in good matches every week, beating the odds every week, taking on all comers. Do you think that's a good way to try and get, you know, him him over as an Intercontinental Champion? Jury's out for me on that front. Oh, 
yeah. I, I hope this is my 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 objective for this one is I do believe Biggie is a main card prospect. Mm-hmm. I do hope he gets a crack at the Universal Championship. Not just a crack at it, but yeah, I can see, I can see Universal Biggie if you want to go that way. I can nice. see it. Yes, jury's out for me on that with the way he's being booked at the moment. But I hope that seeing the fact that that was the highest rated weekly show of 2020 in WWE him closing it out the way social media went I hope this is where this is where I say to WWE excuse my French don't fuck it up yeah for sure Uh, someone they did mess up was Billy Kay the last news organization from Smackdown but you know I really liked what she's done solo the resume thing has been golden and this week she played manager to both the Riot Squad and Tamina and Natalia in the same match <laughs> and I don't think there's anything more ingenious than doubling your odds than that um, she said she said in the bump uh, they asked if you spoke to the Riot Squad just like have I sent several text messages the answer would be yes have they responded to any of those several text messages the answer would be no <laughs> <So> <laughs> So she seems to be wanting to manage the riots. Uh, Sarah, what do you think about this this Billy Kay character, the way she's went? Where do you think it's leading? And are you just happy to see her on TV every week? I mean, you can't go wrong with seeing Billy Kay on TV each week because she's just naturally funny. Yeah. Like, it's just reactions, um, like the, no, (laughs) (laughs) like, or you've got to be joking me. Like, it's small things like that. Um, But the going around with the whole CV, it is amazing. Considering that, yeah, they split up the Iconics, which I'm still quite mad at. Like, I'm still quite, I'm still very upset about. You'll never Um, not be mad. I'll never not be mad (laughs) about that. But they need something to do, but you can't not have Billy Kay doing stuff like this. I mean, if she's not going to be wrestling, have her on TV as a manager, have her as a commentator, have her doing something. Hell, even be SmackDown general manager. Give her something. Yes! Yes. (laughs) Like, give her something. Like, imagine, like, I don't think, like, the last time we saw someone try to be a manager to two opposing teams at the same time. Like, I mean, I know to me, that even told her to be quiet. It's like to me, how fucking dare you? I, I, like, I'm a big fan of Tamina, but that was that was over. That was not on. Um, yeah. But no, nothing but praise for Billy Kay. I would, I would, I would love to see her do more things like that. Because let's just face it, her on the microphone, you're gonna be getting money regardless. Like she is money when she's got yeah. that microphone in her hand. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And moving on to something that isn't money. Um, WWE wished it was. Raw Legends Night. Let's start off positive. Paki, what was your favourite appearance for a Raw Legend on Legends Night? Um, Surely you know it's the Mac Militant coming to get it on. Oh, sorry. Huh, huh. I was I was so excited about that. That... Um, <laughs> And then I was just like, what did I just watch when I got like an hour in? 
<laughs> I even forgot. But thank you very much for reminding me because oh my god. See see the whole start off it with the correct and then the yeah. incorrect. I'll I did like that kind of whole aspect. However, I'm sorry, but uh, further highlighted to me and it's something I've heard on a show. Morrison is boring. I'm sorry. I don't Cracky, we're trying to start a positive. I know, but he is. He is. And his jacket looks weird. But then when you know it's a back militant. Come on and get it all. Oh, sorry, I should stop singing. So my bad Teddy Long Time came out. Cause you know I love a bit of Teddy. Comes out yep. and he says, It seems the two of you need to wrestle against the Undertaker. And then yeah. that, um, Adam guy that uh, drew back in yeah, Adam Pierce. Pierce. Uh, uh, <laughs> I just see him like community Pierce with mm-hmm. Jackson. It's like Pierce. <laughs> yeah. So Adam Mac Pierce fart comes out and kind of whispers <laughs> in his ear. I'm gonna assume it's saying the Undertaker's kind of retired now. So, <laughs> so Teddy Long goes back into his general manager rule book and says Undertaker not there. Tag team no. match. Tag team match. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And it wasn't the only positive thing on Raw. Um, I knew Cracker would love Teddy Long being back, but seeing it was a belter of a main event. WWE title match, Drew McIntyre versus Who's He That Is That Champ C, Keith Lee. Uh, it was really, really good stuff there. I mean, I haven't personally watched the match. Um, the idea of Legends Night really didn't appeal to me. Um, especially when I found out there was no Carlito, I was like, "No, nah, that's it. Fuck this." <laughs> um, it's like no Carlito, no Sarah. Absolutely not. Um, yeah. So, but I have like seen like little, little just like gifts and everything that you see on Twitter. Um, like obviously the, the 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 lovely Spanish fly. You know, you can't go wrong with a Spanish fly, especially yeah. when you're Keith Lee. Um, but it's it's just like again the small things. Um, the the whole after the match. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. And we're going to that. Yes. Yeah. You can just tell the. <laughs> because, like the, like the uncle who's banned from family parties for drinking too much, but always seems to show up in a cab at the wrong time when everyone's leaving at the end of the night. Uncle Bill, Bill Goldberg, came out, cut a promo on how Drew McIntyre possibly. A champion, I would say, who's been too respectful to everyone he's come up against, is disrespectful to legends. And he then said something like, "Oh, I'm not. Don't think I'm here to to challenge you, but I'm here to challenge you <laughs> <laughs> for the WWE title at the Royal Rumble." <laughs> like, I think I, I heard it. You know, I was trying to go to sleep, and I just heard the collective sigh of several million wrestling fans as their hope not to see Bill Goldberg again suddenly went away. Um, Sarah, hopefully this is the last we see of Bill Goldberg this year when Drew McIntyre beats him for the WWE title. I mean, let's hope that this is like a very quick squash match and that they're not going to do Drew a dirty. Um, like they did the fiend or Bray oh. Wyatt. Like, let's just hope that they don't do it like that. Um, because let's just face it, we know that Bill Goldberg has passed it. We all know it, and we don't know who keeps asking for him to come back to WWE TV. 
let alone have a title. Pritchard can go fuck himself. Right? <laughs> no, like we don't want to see it. It's like we don't want this. But yeah. let's just hope. We did make a, a joke in the group chat saying that we hope that this is going to be very, very quick so that the Rumble match is going to have longer. But if I see Bill Goldberg come into the Rumble after he's lost, I will rage. And I hope that yeah. Keith Lee just, you know, punts him out the ring. <laughs> the women's, imagine when the women's Rumble, imagine Goldberg shows up. We've got a better chance of Santina. Coming back and challenging Drew. I mean, that. I, I, love would, Beth I would not well. be mad at that. Sarah, one can dream. I mean, if I can get Carlito, why the hell could you not get Santino Morella? Why can you not get Santino? Quacko. We, we've seen <laughs> Ali cut this promo on Raw Talk where he was like, these guys have paved the road. When are you going to let me run on the road? Is this. Does that phrase sum up everything that was wrong with not only Goldberg's appearance, but the farce that was Legends Night as a whole? Yeah. I mean, I read somewhere that what was meant to... I don't know how true this is, but if it is, let's hypothetically say this is true. Right. What was meant to happen was after the match, Drew was meant to cut a promo disrespecting the Legends up the top. However, Raw had run out of time and they had to cut off the time for 11 o'clock. So there wasn't time for the promo, so they just played Goldberg's music. Goldberg comes out and he still cuts the promo as if Drew had done yeah. that promo on the Legends. So when he says you've been disrespecting Legends, the last time we saw Drew with the Legends was he was doing the whole Hulk Hogan brother vitamins and all that kind of stuff and being very nice to them and very, yeah. being very respectful so I was just like what, 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 but the thing is why would you have Drew who's meant to be your baby face champion yes mm-hmm. like cut a heel promo on Jeff Jarrett it makes no sense to me because Jeff's done nothing stupid. wrong Jeff's a very good future <laughs> panellist in my opinion <laughs> like I don't understand I love Jeff why you would have McIntyre it would Randy Orton I, I do yeah. like the memes going about when Drew said fighting you will be like fighting my dad and you're going to see the comparison between Drew's dad and Cole Park the fact they both have the same beard and the same head type. I wish someone would put George Miz in where Cole Park is. <laughs> oh, someone's already on that, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> fight you, you fight like Miz's dad. <laughs> Miz's dad, Miz's dad, Miz's dad. Is, is there any way Goldberg wins at Rumble? Oh, he's going to win at your watch. <laughs> no. It's going to happen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, I've, I've learned from 2020. Just say it and accept it, and it won't be as bad when it actually happens. I can that imagine. Me quit. Uh, see, if that happens, I think everyone will turn off the Rumble. I'll genuinely <laughs> start watching New Japan only. <laughs> like no, if how about you transition I'll, and watch Impact and uh, AEW every yeah. week? I'll say this: if if Goldberg beats Drew at the Rumble, I will start just covering the other stuff for Stephen. You hear this here now, so it won't come as a surprise to you. <laughs> you can't be upset with me because you've got plenty of warning. I won't be covering WWE stuff if Bill Goldberg, the fucking. So Old man. this is your final appearance on WWE-related stuff then? It's good <sighs> knowing you, David. Could be. still got a couple of weeks until the end of the month. Like, I won't have it. Like, I genuinely. hope they don't do... They, they, if they do Drew dirty, 
like that after he's basically carried the company through the COVID era, then there's genuinely something wrong. I don't think Alan would cope with it. I, I genuinely think Alan would look his No, I, I, think would, I think he would actually smash his TV yeah. and probably Aye. cry for a he's long time. He's the biggest, biggest Drew fan in the, in the yeah. show, I'd say. Um, we'd nah, all be raging, nope. obviously. We'd all be raging. Well, we're but... ending this show angry, because that's what we ah! want to do. So if you're angry too, and you don't want to see Goldberg uh, <laughs> win at the Royal Rumble, then you tweet us being angry, all right? You tweet us being angry, and we can all be angry together. I want you to thank Sarah. Was this a fun show back? Oh, uh, it was a great show to, you know, get back into the swing of things. It's my first ever Central as well, which is quite weird. Yeah. Did you like it? I loved it. I loved it's it. Good. It's nice and cosy in here, you know, good cushions. It is nice and cosy. Kwaku, Kwaku, did you have a fun time today talking, oh, talking all the things? Oh, I did. I always have fun. Fun's good. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. good. Well, guys, we're going to round it off there. Uh, don't forget to check out Back Catalog. Check out everything. Features Central from me. It's goodbye from the team. Goodbye. And from Santana. <laughs> There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello guys, welcome to Quiz Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell and in this show you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're going to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.